This is the MLW Radio Network. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? It's your boy, Blackheart, the head honcho off the Top Roast Podcast. If you love independent and professional wrestling and like all the juicy gossip of the wrestling industry, then look no further than here, OTTR Headquarters. You can catch us on Facebook, Twitch, and Facebook groups, and whatever that you get your podcast from with our, with our latest Last Week of Wrestling, After Darts, Under Boss's Hard Taste, and now our new upcoming trivia game show, Wrestling Every, coming soon. So if you like what you've seen, you love professional wrestling, you love independent wrestling, you love everything about wrestling just yourself, give us a tune. You know, you would not regret it. Blackheart out. Everyone knows a lot of things can change in the span of 10 years. But when it comes to professional wrestling podcasting, one thing is still guaranteed. The Shining Wizards is the only place to get all the latest wrestling news, interviews with the greatest guests, and of course, tons of laughs in discussing the world of wrestling. The show is still available on Monday nights at 7 p.m. East on RantDMRadio.com and Rant Entertainment Media on the TuneIn app. And it's still available on all podcasting platforms. To check us out, head over to ShiningWizards.com where it's still wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. Are you tired of prediction shows? Do you want to fantasy book the companies? Does Bigfoot even really exist? If you answered yes to any of those questions, then check out the podcast that isn't a podcast. Every Tuesday and Thursday, the standing streamer stands and delivers as he and Vanessa talk about all that's going on in pro wrestling today. Plus, see in-depth conversations with people in and around the wrestling world as guests share their stories and insights about making it in the business. The Putting You Over Podcast. Putting your weeknights over every Tuesday and Thursday. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening and good night. My name is Thomas and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah, yeah the mother, same mother and father. Your room was... Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. For we shared a room. Thought I knew your face. Yeah, we so go we... way back, mate. Yeah. yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do. We do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The Broadcast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah. Well, what do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books. We're talking about professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also, check us out on Twitter at the Broadcast. That's B R O. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Ending. Yeah, it's all right. Good on you. Yeah. Instagram also at the Broadcast Podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C, we spell it with a K. Sorry, mate. Take it easy. Two Heels and a Face Wrestling Podcast believes wrestling is a buffet. There's something there for everyone. These guys cover local Chicago indie scene, and all of their episodes can be found at twoheelsandaface.com. The number two heelsandaface.com Hey everyone, my name is referee Tony S and this is Heat, the wrestling podcast. Like you first and foremost, I'm a wrestling fan and for nearly two decades I've maintained law and order inside the squared circle in New England and throughout the country, working with some of the best and brightest from wrestling's past, present, and future. Now, I bring my authoritative tell-it-like-it-is style to the podcast world. Join me each week as we go through all the major headlines from the global companies, independents, and in-between. 
and most importantly, the women will receive the coverage and headlines they truly deserve as they'll empower the second half of the show. Plus, I'll introduce you to my friends and colleagues within all forms of wrestling and entertainment, answer your questions, anything goes, no holds, well, questions barred, and throw in some fun surprises along the way. Get ready for the spark that fuels the flame. Listen on Spotify, Anchor, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to another episode of the Front Row Material Brand. My name is Mike Freeland, soon to be joined by my partner, The Butt. We are brought to you by the MLW Radio Network. Check us out as we are available anywhere fine podcasts are made available. That includes MLWRadio.com, Stitcher, iTunes, FM Player, you name it, we are out there. We are absolutely free of charge, so you can download us when you're going to the gym, riding in the car. You know, I just figured this out, and this, I don't know what this says about me, but you can play podcasts through the through your speaker system in your car. It's pretty wicked. Uh, I just usually use my data on my phone and put it on the uh, the passenger seat like really high. But uh, there's technology out there that blows my mind. Also, did not know this, but there's a thing called Google Docs that more than one person can type on the document at one time. I'm not going into it. It blew my mind. But anyway, once again, our podcast is free of charge anywhere you find podcasts. And we do appreciate you supporting the show. Once again, if you go over to iTunes, go ahead and drop us a like. And also make sure you go ahead and leave us a comment. We're always looking to hear feedback as well. So with that being said, without any further ado, let me bring him in. He is the mountain man. He is the woodworker. He is the man that's near and dear to my soul. And he's the heart and soul of Canadian wrestling. His name is the butt. Butster, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing well, Mike. How are you, bud? I am good. I'm feeling good. Uh, life is uh, life is good. Life is busy, but life is good. Uh, as you and I just talked before we went on the air, there's always stuff going on. It never seems like there's a dull or a lull moment. It's just boom, 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 boom. Hey, I guess what they said after you graduate high school, time flies. And they're not they're not kidding. That's a real true statement. Would you agree? Oh, 100%. I mean, I turned 44 in a couple weeks' time, and, you know, time is clipping by. You know, it's hard to believe. It is. It is clipping by, and uh, but you don't look a day over 42. So let's be honest here. You look you look good. And that beard is uh, is looking. Look at that luscious beard. Oh, my goodness. That What kind of beard product do you use? I don't know if we ever talked about it. I use a Sasquatch oil brand. It's their bomb. And nice. Move is the oil I use. They're a company out of Montreal. Nice. Yeah. See, it just sounds fancier and classier when, you, when you're like, yes, Montreal or Ottawa or whatever it may be. I'm like North Dakota. I get my products from New Jersey, the armpit of the United States. You know what I mean? When you live in a different country, it just sounds, it just has a better presence to it. So that's good. That's good. When did you start using beard products? I mean, ever since you started growing your beard or was it like, nah, I didn't really get into it for a while. And then I finally kind of turned that page and got into it. Pretty much ever since I started having a beard. I mean, it's, I've had a beard 15, 16 years now, I guess. Wow. So to varying degrees, you know, it's been sure. a little bit longer. It's been shorter. Yeah, always use something. Because if not, your skin is dry under it. Oh my gosh. And it's itchy and that's no good. Spend no. the 30 bucks, get a decent oil, use it. Don't be foolish. Make yourself happier. 
not to sound disgusting, but uh, when I would, before I would use anything or even just lotion or whatever, like moisturizer, when I would scratch, it would look like those instant potato dry flakes and it would just fall out and it was pretty, pretty bad. So I finally got with it. I'll have to, uh, I'll have to go get my beard oil and, and tell you the, the product I use. I got it for a gift on Christmas and it smells really really good um but it, it does get my hands super oily so i gotta make sure i really wash my hands after i'm done because uh i don't want to get the old slick skin gotta save that <laughs> for other areas all right oh, so with that being said oh, you question your life every time you turn that computer on on tuesday nights you do you're like what am i doing i wonder sometimes well, so does my family. Let's talk about the big story uh, of the day, which uh, it's a big story. And in, in, let's be honest, we wish it wasn't the big story of the day. We wish it wasn't even a story at all that wouldn't even happen. But unfortunately, 2023 has been a rough go in the world of wrestling. And it seems like it's just getting even more difficult. Uh, Jerry the King Lawler for wrestling fans. Unfortunately, uh, I'm getting some information that it was last night uh, Jerry Lawler suffered a stroke and um, I, the news I'm getting right now is he is conscious. He is resting inside the hospital right now and he is expected to make a recovery. Uh, as far as the details on how severe it was, I don't have all of those details. What have you heard so far about Jerry Lawler? Uh, I heard that he was out, out to eat or something or another when it happened. And one report I read said that it was a severe stroke. And a couple other reports said it was it was uh, uh, not so severe. I won't say mild. No, I don't think there's such thing as a mild stroke. But right. it wasn't like a, wasn't going to be the end of them or nothing like that. But either way, a stroke's a stroke. They're bad news bears no matter how you look at it. No, you're right. 100% right on that one. Um I'm following somebody who knows him well. This is a dirty Dutch Mantel. He wrote on Twitter, it has been confirmed Jerry Lawler suffered a stroke last night in Fort Myers, Florida. He was rushed to a local hospital where he underwent a medical procedure. His latest condition is actually good, and he's expected to recover good news. Um, many people within the wrestling industry are sending their thoughts and prayers Jerry's way. Ric Flair says, we are praying for you at Jerry Lawler. The Iron Sheik says, Jerry Lawler, the real king of the earth. I love him and pray for him. He is my brother. Uh, Bleacher Report is giving some uh, wishes out to him as well, as long as, as well as Dustin Rhodes, Ricky Morton, Dave Meltzer, Matt Hardy. So many people right now are sending their well wishes right now. And once again, all of us here at the Front Row Material brand are sending ours out as well. Um, don't know what to say. It's it's crazy. Uh, my only experiences with a stroke is my mom had something called a TIA. And I hope I'm saying that right. And it was almost referred to as, um, I guess, a mini stroke. So, and it was the day after my wedding. So that scared the crap out of me. Wow. And so it says it's a, uh, and I'm going to pronounce this incorrectly, so bear with me, uh, transinient ischemic attack. Um, so stroke symptoms uh, fall into this category. 
and my mom had it and it only lasted a short period of time and it doesn't typically do permanent damage, but I tell you what, um, it was pretty crazy. It was pretty crazy. And, you know, no matter what something is called or whatever, it scares the crap out of you. And I'm sure that, you know, he's gone through a lot of stuff before. I'm sure you all remember when he went through his heart attack, where I believe he coded uh, multiple times um, before they were finally able to, to revive him uh, back in the day. Um, do you remember that uh, episode of Money yeah, Night Raw? Yeah. yeah. That was, I don't know. It's scary. Yes. Regardless, I mean, well, I don't know Jerry Lawler. I don't know if you've ever crossed paths with him. I mean, it's not like he, we know him, but you're invested in it. Correct. So, you know, I mean, we grew up watching him, and, you know, you can't tell me you never laugh when he let out the high pitch puppies and all yeah. the other nonsense. He laughed, and it was fun. So, you never want to see or hear stuff like that, you know, a heart attack live on the air. And, and he's no spring chicken. He's got to be, what, 71, 72 by now, I'd imagine. Uh, in that area. I don't know if he still wrestles or not. He does still wrestle. He actually was getting ready to have a, I believe, a match on the Independence uh, last weekend. I want to say he currently was. He was born in 1949. So he was born in 1949. So what does that put him? 73. 73. So, well, you know, that's a, uh, you know, I mean, that's not old, old, but it's no spring chicken, right? You know. Because you got to think, he's he's put his body through a lot over the years. He has so what's he been wrestling through? for 45 or 50 years, probably. I absolutely, I would agree with that. You did know that he's cousins with the Honky Tonk Man, right? Really? He's the cousin of the Honky Tonk Man, yep. I did not know that. Yeah, there's a lot of people in wrestling who I didn't realize were family. Um, but so obviously you know that Jake Roberts is brothers with um, Sam Houston, right? And the rock and rebel. Yes. So a lot of, a lot of relation in the wrestling industry, but let me ask you this. I mean, uh, funniest or a favorite Jerry Lawler moment uh, that you have of him in the ring or him on commentary. What, what, what stands out to you? I mean, the Kaufman when he slapped the piss out of him. Yeah. And that was, that was pretty intense. I don't I never seen it live. I, I don't remember what year that was, but we've all seen, whether it be the movie or it's been in numerous documentaries, but he slapped the piss out of him. He really laid that in. He definitely did. Right. And uh, Kaufman really flipped out. That that was not a work. No. He was really hot. Yes. So, I mean, there's that. I mean, the one-liners on Raw. Of course, I could never think of one right now, but I couldn't tell you how many times he'd just say something so ridiculous. You just laugh your tail off that my god right and like i said the the puppies back in the attitude era that'll be forever ingrained in our mind right but no he's probably the first guy that i can think of to use the pile driver yeah i would agree right so i mean that was pretty uh pretty trend setting um hasn't always panned out well but i mean it's a bit a big move for a lot of people Right, but yeah, well, those are some of the memories I can think of. I, I see. I was watching a documentary. I was talking to you about it. it was about the different territories. I forget what it was called now. Anyway, they had uh, Memphis territory was one of the 
one of the episodes in there just talking about Lawler and stuff like that. He's he's an interesting cat. He used to be a DJ one time. Mm-hmm. Very great artist. Like he can draw beautifully. Right? So he's, he's quite pretty the interesting artist. dude. Right? He's got a restaurant too in Memphis somewhere or another. Like a like a diner. Okay. So. Yeah, Jer- Jerry's been one of those guys where he's always been around wrestling. I mean, he even did stuff with the X was the XWF when Hogan was running that uh, short-lived promotion down in Florida. He was doing that as well. Um, I mean, we remember Jerry when he first broke into the WWF territory, which was in 1993. And he had the King's Court, which was a, a very popular segment, much like Piper's Pit, much like the Snake Pit, all of these kinds of things. So, uh, so yeah, Jerry's had a long, illustrious career. Once again, he was a part of the territory era, uh, segued himself into the commentary area, and uh, he's kept himself relevant for all these years. So hopefully uh, the news that we're hearing right now is a speedy recovery and that everything is going well for him and that uh, there's no long-lasting complications and he can move on with life because uh, definitely scary whenever you hear somebody uh, has a heart attack. Yep. Yeah, best of luck to him. Sure, he'll he'll come around. I hope. Um, I want to ask you a little about Monday Night Raw. Now, did you get? Oh, shoot! That's right. You don't get Raw for three weeks. Yep. What? What do you want to talk about? I read about it. You heard about it, but there was a Cody Rhodes segment with. Paul Heyman that people are just clamoring about. And I just didn't know if you had gotten a chance to hear any of that or you got to catch that at all or. I did not. Well, I got to see some of it, but from what I've heard, people are saying that it is one of the best segments um, that they've recently remembered on Monday night raw in general. And we all know that Paul Heyman is probably one of the best talkers out there. And it was just so, so passionate when the two of those guys got in the ring. And you know what I wanted to do? I wanted, I wanted to actually play a clip of this, if that's all right with you. And then yeah. uh, just I wanted to get then come back. You and I can chat. What is your thoughts about this? Because, you know, a lot of people know it's going to be Cody Rhodes and Roman Reigns at WrestleMania uh, for the undisputed uh, WWE Championship. But Roman Reigns still has to wrestle at... Uh, elimination chamber against Sami Zayn. And I want to talk a little bit. Are we overlooking Sami Zayn? Why do I feel like Sami Zayn is an afterthought? Because I feel like he really shouldn't be. Um, but anyway, let me go ahead and let me cue this up so we can uh, take a listen to what this is. And uh, then we can come back and I can get your take on this. So bear with me. Let me get it queued up and uh, we will get started here. So let me get it pulled up. <laughs> And here we go. If we're going to pull back the curtain here, might as well pull it back for everyone here in attendance tonight. Might as well pull it back for everybody watching at home. I want to tell a story that should be told. It should have been told a long time ago. The year was 2000. The till in my family had dried up a bit. Hard times became more than just a promo. Simply put, my family went broke. 
$100 in a Wachovia checking account for all of us. You need a visual aid for it. My dad doing local car commercials and not for the money, just so that he could keep the car. Then he, he got a phone call. You called him. You told him ECW was in town. You told him that Steve Carino was gonna talk a little smack about him and that if he would just agree to appear on camera, if Dusty Rhodes would be on ECW, you would pay him and you would pay him well. You kept your word. In addition to the money that we sorely needed, ECW gave my father his confidence back and I can never ever repay you for that. Thank you very much. And we turn the clocks a bit forward here. I know we don't talk about it, but before I was here, I was somewhere else causing a little bit of trouble. And from one disruptor in this sport, from one disruptor in sports entertainment in this whole world to another, you showed me, a, you showed me the way. Thank you again. <laughs> You're good. You, uh, you really caught me off guard on this one. I came out here to schmooze a little business with you and uh, you... Oh, you got me personally. Um, well, I, I, if we're going to peel it back, if we're going to shoot from the hip, let's go all the way. Um, this isn't about me. And with all due respect and love and admiration and adulation, and I'll, I'll even dare say the word acknowledgement, this isn't about your dad. This is about you. This, this is about everything that you have fought for, from the bottom all the way up, out the door, back in the door, to winning the Men's Royal Rumble, to main eventing WrestleMania. And winning WrestleMania is a whole different story. Just getting there is a long, long road. And that's your story. That That's the story that you need to finish to find out if it is a dream come true or you have to suffer the nightmare of coming just this close because you're not just main eventing wrestlemania you're trying to take away from the greatest box office attraction the greatest champion of all time roman reigns and that's no easy task any mere mortal but let alone someone that has no idea what it's like under that spotlight will you crumble under that spotlight will you wither under the stress will you self-destruct under the pressure because no one ever prepped you for that you know right down the road is the wwe performance center and at that very performance center your father the American dream, Dusty Rhodes. Trained and prepped the biggest stars of this generation. Your father, 
the American Dream Dusty Rhodes, trained and prepped Seth Rollins. Your father, the American Dream Dusty Rhodes, trained and prepped Becky Lynch. Your father, the American Dream Dusty Rhodes, trained and prepped Bailey. Your father, the American Dream Dusty Rhodes, trained and prepped Kevin Owens. Your father, the American Dream Dusty Rhodes, trained and prepped for the highest level of success, the Tribal Chief, Roman Reigns. You know who your father didn't train and prep? Your father did not train nor prep you. Now, the father myself, I could counsel you that maybe, just maybe, your father wanted you to make it on your own. That's how much love he had for you. Maybe, just maybe, your father wanted you to step out from a shadow of a national monument like the American Dream Dusty Rhodes. That he didn't want you to go through life as Dusty's son, but he wanted you to go through life as Cody. WrestleMania main event, the man that stopped the tribal chief, Roman Reigns. Maybe. God, Cody, I can't convey in words how much I loved your father. And I can tell you straight to your face, man, did your father love you? And uh, I'll tell you this one personally. In my last conversation with your dad, he told me, You, Cody, were his favorite son. But Roman Reigns was the son he always wanted. You know, I'm just trying to win a wrestling championship. And everybody, everybody wants to make it personal. And that's what you just did. And you're not going to pay for it, Mr. Heyman. Your boy, Roman Reigns, is going to pay for it at WrestleMania when I take those titles personally. Well, you heard it straight from uh, Cody's mouth. Uh, incredible interaction between Cody Rhodes and Paul Heyman, which took place on Monday Night Raw. Want to get the butt bang, uh, bring him back in here and get, get your take on that. So very powerful segment right there. And that was just a, a segment, a, a small portion of it. It originally, I think, had gone about 12 minutes. Um, I know that in a lot of times in these promos, they're shooting from the hip. Right. A lot of it is, is a shoot. Some of it's a work. Obviously, we knew that the very end of it, the very last line was. But what was your take on that? Do you feel like that was a pretty powerful segment? And if so, would you give it on a uh, on a Meltzer scale of one to five stars? That was great. Uh, I haven't seen it. First, I heard it. Uh, that was, was fantastic. It's always nice when there's a mix of real life in with the wrestling 
it just gets you more in the feels type of thing. You get a little more invested in it. I, I do anyhow. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, never knew that the Rhodes family were went broke. I never knew that. Yeah, I'd heard things that things were very difficult from a financial standpoint. I never knew that they were to the point of, of no money. But, um, man, it's hard to hear. It's hard to hear. It's hard to listen to. It is. On the, on the Meltzer scale, we'll see. It happened in North America, so it can't be five stars. So we'll go, we'll go four. Nice. Four stars if, from the Butster. If it was in the... Tokyo Super Arena place, it'd be like 93. The Tokyo Super Arena? You're terrible. What? I don't know what it's called. I can't remember. Sorry. It's the, it's the Tokyo Dome. Okay, that place too. The Tokyo Super. You're terrible. Um, I think there's a lot of anticipation right now for the Cody Roman Reigns match. But, you know, let, let's, let's also talk about this for a second. I feel like... Roman Reigns has multiple storylines going right now. Obviously, he's got the impending match with Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania, but he also has Sami Zayn, and that's going to be coming up at Elimination Chamber. And I really feel like I like what the Bloodline did with Sami Zayn. And I feel like now, I I guess after Sami went ahead and turned on Roman, it's officially kind of become the backseat storyline as it now leads into WrestleMania. Do you feel like WWE got it right? I know we talked about this before. Should it be Cody versus Roman Reigns, or should it be Roman Reigns versus Sami Zayn? What's your take? The bigger draw is going to be Cody. That, that's that'll get more buys. It'll get more attention. Personally, I like to see Sami Zayn. Uh, I think it'd be fun. Uh, it's always nice when the the underdog will say. Gets his chance or her chance. It's, I don't know, you just, everybody can get behind him. Sure. Or generally, people, everybody gets behind him. So I would have thought, I'd sooner it was Sammy, personally. But from a, st- a business standpoint, Cody's the right way to go. He, sh- he should be overshadowing Sammy just because that few will make them more money. Because we all know he's going to win. Uh, I, in I, it. That's the that's nobody's going to argue that. Cody's no, I, I don't think anybody is going to see Roman Reigns winning. I think Roman Reigns is also, um, and I don't think this is going out on a limb. Probably going to take some time off. Mm-hmm. Um, might be an extended amount of time off, but we'll have to wait and see. With that, he mentioned, and I know he was in character saying this as of today, where we stand, February twenty twenty three. Is Roman Reigns the largest box office draw in the history of pro wrestling? No. I didn't think so. Uh, is he top five? I don't even know if I'd go top five. I'll go top 20. I'll go top 20. What, what? I mean, God, that's so hard to say because you know, you're talking about different eras and money and inflation and you know, as far as, you know, sales, as far as merchandise goes. But, I mean, think about it. I mean, when we talk about merch sales, you got Hogan, you got John Cena, you got The Rock, you got Stone Cold Steve Austin with merch sales. Uh, who else do we remember who had uh, just a, a ridiculous amount of merch sales? Ric Flair, Flair Sting. Yeah. Um, yep. There's a ton of guys. So, 
Where would I put Roman? I mean, Roman's got to be at least in the conversation, but I don't know if I would put him any higher than top 20. Um, it is going to draw the most amount of money. I'll, I'll agree with you on that. And it's got a lot of crossover appeal too, because outside of WWE, unless you were a fan of the independence and unless you were a fan of ring of honor, you probably didn't know a whole lot about Sami Zayn as El Generico. Am, am I probably pretty correct in that statement? Oh, you're right on the money. hundred percent. Now I'm willing to bet since Sami Zayn has got the exposure he's gotten on WWE, people have gone back and checked out the Ring of Honor stuff and the independent stuff because you can find it all. Absolutely. If you want to find it, you can find it. But I'm sure people have, you know, taken that up a little bit. But he... This hurts me to say. Because you know I like Sami Zayn. Sami's a mid-carder. Realistically, I think by WWE standards, he's a mid-carder. Okay. Upper mid-card, but that's about it. I think he's the type of guy who will always be around. He'll always do whatever he can. He'll always put off good segments, good matches, feuds, whatever it would be. No, you're always going to get the most out of him. You're always going to get your money's worth. But I don't think he's ever going to get over the hump and be like a top guy. What do you think it would take? Or do you think no matter what at this stage of his career he, that he's pretty much solidified in, in where he's going to be? For him to get over the hump, right now he's got his best chance he's probably ever going to get right now. I, I would agree. He's in a program with the champion and a damn good program. Well, let's be honest. This this is good. Like, this will draw you in. Right, they'll say I'd say right now is his best chance. But the thing is, even if he wins, where do you go with it? Right. Uh, this is true. I I just don't know. I just don't know. Plain and simple. I, I don't know. I don't know where you're gonna go with it if he wins, but I don't know where you go with it if he loses. Do you feel they backed themselves into a corner by doing so much of a build up that the the payoff and the thereafter is going to seem incredibly lackluster compared to what they've done? Probably. But you could you could do something. This I know I've said it to you. I think I said it on the show. I see this turning into a tag team feud. Him and KO are going to team up and take on the Usos. Uh, that's what I think is going to come out of this. Right? But for that to happen, Sammy's got to lose to Roman. So does Roman lose both titles to Cody at Mania? Does Roman compete at both nights at Mania, losing each night? That kind of takes the wind out of the sails for your second night. If your champion loses two nights in a row. This is true. Right? So that that won't really help anybody. Right. No. I, I'm just not sure how you're gonna how you're gonna sort it out. Realistically, yeah, so I hope Sammy to... wins. I just I don't know how you're gonna progress. Do you do a jealousy angle, him and Kevin Owens? No. If you're gonna put them together, why would you try to find a way to take them apart? Then you know what I mean? I, yeah, I'm. I'm not saying it's a good idea. I just 
I don't know. It just popped in my head. I don't know where else you're going to go with it. So let's 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 think about it from this perspective. So, you know, when we talk about long term booking, right, storylines and whatnot, a lot of people always bring up the mega powers. The mega powers explode, which led up to WrestleMania five. And it was we finally saw the Macho Man and Hulk Hogan become probably the most superpower team of all time. Um, and then they went ahead and they did their thing. And then they would sprinkle in this little jealousy here and there, which ultimately led uh, to Hogan and Savage end up having this big match. Hogan wins. Um, he's the champion again, yada, yada, yada. But you're right. There is going to be this dip, this lull afterwards, because after you've been on such a high ride for so long, where do you go next? And I think Sammy... The payoff has to be Sammy has to win. And the reason why is why would you have somebody be little Sammy? The fans get behind Sammy for Sammy just to be what the lovable loser at the end of all of this. Like that doesn't make any sense for anybody. It has to Sammy has to ride off in the sunset with some momentum behind him at some point in time. I don't know. I think they're I think it's look, they get paid to do this stuff. I surely do not, but uh, I think it's definitely an interesting dilemma that they're in. Yeah, I mean, I, I hope Sammy wins it. I'm just not sure where you go. I'm with you on that one. Um, I agree completely. We'll find out soon yeah. enough. We definitely will find out soon enough. Elimination Chamber is going to be coming up. And then obviously we're on our road to WrestleMania, which will be April 1st and 2nd. It's going to be the biggest wrestling extravaganza uh, of all time, they are saying. Once again, they say that every year, but I think it's going to be a big one. I think you're going to have a great, great card that's going to be shaping up. But speaking of the WWE, let's kind of stay in uh, the world of WWE. Um, it was mentioned that it looks like WWE's sale is going to be happening soon. And I remember Nick Khan had mentioned before that he said that the sale would most likely happen in the first half of 2023. So obviously the halfway mark is June. Um, he was actually making references. It could be happening in the next couple of months. So to go ahead and take things the next step, uh, we've got a great article here from the New York post. And let me read a little bit of this to you. So if last week it was not uh, evident enough that WWE is looking to go ahead and make a sale, Vince McMahon was unanimously named executive chairman and his daughter once again had stepped down from the company. Now, Vince has once again taken over all of his responsibilities. In fact, he's even settled some lawsuits uh, from certain allegations from women as well. But it looks like right now he's still willing to sell the company and he's looking to sell it pretty soon. Now, uh, it sparked an outline rage from Fightful Select report that wrestlers would end up talking about the potential sale of WWE. Now, people like Triple H and Stephen McMahon were allegedly, from what I'm understanding, against selling the company. Now, this is once again a claim from Fightful, um, and this was reported, but it wasn't the case. As of right now, everything that's being shared is that Stephanie and Triple H are both currently in favor of selling the company, which I find to be very, very hard to believe. But the rumor of the sale of the Saudis, well, that ended up being a, a big old nothing burger. The very last thing that we're hearing right now is that Comcast, uh, which is owns NBC, that they were supposed to be the front runners. Now they are no longer. 
the front runners, and it looks like they're actually pulling out of the concept of being interested in buying WWE. Now, All Elite Wrestling has not really gone away. It looks like Shad and Tony Khan are still in the pool of the buyers of the company. Right now, Tony Khan saying that he would be very interested in purchasing the company. Now, let me ask you this question. Saudis don't look like they're going to be happening right now, at least in the time being. Comcast, which was a huge one, they're not, they're kind of pulling out of the situation. What do you put the percentages of right now that someone else is going to come out of the mix and buy it um, outside of those two? Because they've also said that um, Nick Khan had met with ESPN and Disney about the purchasing of the company as well, but we haven't heard anything about those two. What do you think about ESPN and Disney? How much stock do you put in them potentially being buyers? I could see it being Disney before I could see it being ESPN. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen. Comcast pulling out's a bit of a surprise. I think they'd be a good fit. Uh, The Saudis, well, I thought that was a done deal, just like everybody did a couple weeks ago when that blew up on Twitter. I know. Um. It's not going to be cons. That's about a 2% chance. Now, why would you say no cons? I just... Are I you just saying Vince would never sell to another wrestling company? Yeah, that's what I That's what I think would happen. I just don't think Vince would. So you think... No, I don't want him to, to be honest with you. You you would not want to have that happen? No. And what would your reason for that not happening be? Because you want the competition. Okay. Because it'll elevate both. If one person owns it all, we've seen that. We have seen that. And it sucked ass. It did. For for 20 years, it was just WWE by themselves, and it did not look very good. Um, Do you want to go back to that again? Well, but let me ask you this question. But is it necessarily the same situation? And what I mean by that is WCW was definitely no AEW. Um, when, When WCW was going under, they did not have the big name stars that they once had during the Monday night wars, mm-hmm. right? They just, they just didn't have many more. They were gone. They had a bunch of new guys that were coming through. Um, I think that Tony Khan would probably, and this is my opinion, leave WWE as its own entity and still let them do their thing. However, I think he would allow for crossovers to happen. And I think the WWE universe would like that. And I think the AEW audience would like to have that. Usos and the Young Bucks. How about that? Oh, we'd all love to see it. Kenny Omega and having a match with Finn Balor or having a match with AJ Styles. Or Otis. What's that? Or Otis. (laughs) Of course. Watch that. We'll throw Otis in there as well. Thank you. Um, but there's so many different things that you could do. I mean, you could have Charlotte Flair, and you could put her in, in the ring with what any of the women. You could do Ruby Riot, or you could do you know Becky Lynch taking on Marina Shafir, or you could have um, Britt Baker taking on Charlotte Flair. I mean, there's a lot of things you could do that I think would be really interesting, and I think you could keep it separate, which would bring in a ton of money for Tony Khan. Would we not agree? He would spend a lot of money on the on the the upfront, but the back end, he'd be making a ton of money. Oh no, he'd make huge bank on it. 
I just my concern is when one company has the monopoly, nobody benefits. They do. You're, you're I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you. You're, you're right. The, from a business standpoint, hey, as long as they're making cash, that's what they're here for. Right. Not, never going to fault them for that, or fault anybody for that. But as a fan, I would be concerned that it's going to be just like we had for 20 years. There's only one one real company. Not that the other ones are not real companies. You know what I mean. No, one big company. Right. Correct. That control everything. And it slowly goes down. Because the thing is, if you have the cons, buy it. You can't tell me that Tony's not going to have his twist on Raw. He's going to. Just the way it is. And he's going to have his twist on SmackDown and NXT. It's just the way it's. It's human nature. He's going to want his own little twist on it. Especially considering he's coming and he's taking it all over. He doesn't want, he's not going to want to have it keep going the, the WWE of old. No, he's going to want his own twist on it. And then that's slowly going to get a little bit bigger because you know, he's going to be able to, on the rating staff. They're going to want to bring in some of their own people to WWE. So then they're going to have know their mindset or whatnot, their their policies, their strategies, their ideas, and it's slowly going to turn into just one big AEW. Not that that'd be terrible, but I think for a competition thing, I don't like it. I'd rather see somebody else buy it. Well, let me ask you this question. If someone else buys it, do you think people who've been loyal to WWE will leave, fans-wise? Just on the standpoint that it is not owned by the McMahons anymore, it's owned by somebody completely different. Do you think fans would leave? It'd be like, okay, I think I like some it. might, but not. There's not going to be a mass exodus. The ratings aren't going to go to shit, right? Because the first thing you're going to have is your curiosity. Okay, what's it going to be now? Right. So that'll probably get a couple more people watching. To be honest with you, so you might initially see a spike in the ratings. Exactly. Now, is it going to stay up? Who knows? Generally speaking, that doesn't happen for the most part. But you're definitely going to have your initial spike just out of pure curiosity. And then it'll probably level back out to, to what it is now, which is still damn good. Well, there's also been some reports out that it doesn't look good for WWE as far as their, their, their value when people are pulling out of potentially being interested in buying it. That's not a good look when, when, when Comcast is not no longer interested in buying the company. So anytime a company is being mentioned and then all of a sudden you hear from their reps that they're not interested, it's not a good look. It's, you know, it's, that's not what you want to hear. You know what I mean? From a business standpoint, you want companies to say, absolutely, I would acquire that company. That company has a lot of market value. That company has a lot of growth potential and merchandising opportunities. But when companies start saying, nah, I'm not interested, I wonder if that kind of drives down the value. Because remember, value is just value is just something that is almost an illusion, right? The value is whatever you deem something to be worth. So who knows? Now, $5 billion is what I think right now is the number. Could it drop? I don't know. Be very interesting to see. It's hard to go up from five billion, isn't it? Like, I mean, there's always going six up. Billion. Shit. 
So who are the front runners now? Well, let me take a look at this. I got some information here. Um, latest on the front runners. Now, this is obviously a little on the uh, dated side, but let me see what we have here. Here we go. Here's an update. And let me get a date on this as well. So this is the updated. Okay, so this is a little dated. Um, so obviously, once again, it was rumored that the Saudis public investment fund was interested. That turned out to not be the truth. Uh, Dave Meltzer on Wrestling Observer provided an update on the potential sale. He said that WWE had all intentions of selling uh, before the end of the first half of the year, which would obviously be somewhere in the uh, ballpark of June. Um, there's also been in companies that would be interested in buying it. Um, UFC has made an adjustment to their business as well. Uh, Meltzer said Endeavor is also in the hunt for WWE. Uh, let me see here who else is currently in the hunt. Once upon a time, Disney would have been a strange fit for WWE, Meltzer says. But as of right now, there is still the potential that they could come together. Nick Khan was in Los Angeles, and he met during the college playoff series, and there was some pretty heavy hitters. He was talking to Bob Iger, who is the CEO of Disney and the head of ESPN, Jimmy Patero. And Disney is still considered to be in the ballpark right now but right now is not considered to be the number one uh, NBC universal Comcast has not shown any more interest. So it looks like they are officially out as well. As far as any other news uh, of anyone else, um, they also mentioned Amazon could potentially be a purchaser of the company. Uh, they have Thursday night NFL football right now in the, in the, this past season, it looks like they may be interested in getting more into their streaming services as well. But other than that, Right now, there is no other names being thrown around as potential buyers. What's Endeavor? What's that? Let me pull up Endeavor so I can give you a good idea. A talented media powerhouse that has several executives showing interest in WWE. So let me see if I can pull this up. Endeavor Business Media. Let's see. I'm trying to find out if I can find a little bit more about them and what they're worth. So they're located in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, let's see how big they are. Endeavor Groups Holding, formerly known as William Morris Endeavor, uh, or WME, is an American holding company for talent and media agencies with its primary offices in Beverly Hills, California, the company was founded in 2009 as a merger of the William Morris Agency and the original Endeavor Talent Agency. So it looks like it's a media talent agency uh, kind of conglomerate type of deal. So they're agents. Uh, it looks like it. Yeah. Endeavor represents many artists such as movies and television people uh, and music and theater, digital media and publishing. It also represents the NFL and the NHL. Endeavor also leads a group that owns Ultimate Fighting Championship as well. Looks like they definitely got their hands in a lot of different cookie jars as well. Uh, the group used to be owned and filmed all of their content, but they sold the majority of that to ENM in January of 2022. I want to see how much the company is worth. Let's see. Uh, the revenues in 2021 were uh, $5 billion. 
It's a good year. It was a very good year. I could pay my bills. Oh my god, absolutely. So it looks like they could be uh, in it. So technically, right now, the people who are still viable for it would be um, Bob Iger with Disney, ESPN, Amazon, and this Endeavor company, along with the Khan family, uh, are the ones that are potentially interested. It looks like Comcast Universal is not interested at this point in time. That's what I've heard. Hopefully, we can find out more information if that is uh, going to be the, the case. So... What do you see happening, seriously, if the cons buy it? Do you honestly think that's a good idea? Um, I think it would be interesting because you have Tony, who's young, who loves wrestling. I think that he, I think he would have the passion for it. I just don't know if he would have the infrastructure or the the the, the staff to to handle everything. Um. Do I think he's going to end up buying it? Probably not. I don't. But if he did buy it, is what your question was. If he did buy it, I think it, a smart move would be to leave WWE completely alone and just be the silent, the silent majority owner. And that's oh, bad it. Idea. But but see, that's what I thought the WWE should do: is be the silent majority owner of WCW at the time, and just let WCW do their own thing, and they get money funded to them through WWE, but you also have to understand it didn't really make any sense because the Turner networks did not want wrestling anymore. Remember when they were going through that AOL time Warner merger and they decided that they were going to cut programming that really wasn't in its best interest. WCW was losing millions of dollars a year. So at that point in time, Turner decided we don't really need this anymore. Uh, we'd lost the wrestling wars. And I think it's time to move on. And at that point, WCW didn't have an outlet for television. And Vince wasn't going to give up a Monday night or a Friday night or whenever the hell uh, SmackDown was at that time. So I don't really think WCW was a big coup for WWE outside of the library. The library, absolutely. Everything else, no, not at all. They got buffed by it. Well, what do you want? Why do you look at me like that? Every week you look at me like that at least once. Buff Bagwell? I mean, I'm glad Buff is doing well from a health perspective, but I was never a fan of Buff Bagwell. Really? Didn't like him as Buff. I, I didn't really care for him as Marcus Alexander with the Patriot. I just couldn't get into him as a pro wrestler. I'm sorry, I just couldn't. But you, you obviously did, right? Marcus Alexander Bagwell I thought was amazing. I didn't care much for the buff bagwell stuff. Right? But Demarcus Alexander, yeah. I thought that was excellent. So I don't know. I think it would be interesting, but if Tony did buy it, I think he would have to leave everything in place. Leave everything in place and let WWE do its own thing. Because I mean, let's be honest, they have their own issues right now, just taking care of everything that he has to do. And I will officially admit there are a lot of people. There's a lot of people on the roster. I'll officially get on board with that. Holy there's, crap. There's too many know. people to spotlight everyone. It's just too much right now. I don't know a guy that said that two years ago. Just just saying. No, I'm not. No, I'll give you credit. I'll give credit where credit is due. I'll give you credit where credit is due. You are right 100%. Um, let me ask you this question. NXT. 
you know, I follow the different podcasts and the different, um, you know, dirt sheet writers and whatnot. I listen to a lot of different shows. I don't necessarily know if NXT is hitting on all cylinders right now. And if you're a listener, I'd like to know what your thoughts are on this as well. Hit me up. I'm at Mike, M-I-K-E-F-R-E-L-A-N-D. Um, and the reason why I say that is I'm not saying that there isn't talent inside NXT, but NXT right now just is not garnering as much attention as it once was. And and clearly you go in these cycles, right? You go in these waves where things are really good for a while and then things draw back a little bit. But I really feel like right now, and I hate to say this, but it is not worth having it on the USA Network for the ratings it draws. I, I just, I, what I don't. What kind of numbers are they pulling in, Mike? They're bringing in about 400,000, maybe a little bit over that every, uh, wow. every week. Now, once again, AEW, people could argue and say AEW is uh, bringing in that kind of stuff with Rampage, but I just think that it would be better off if it was just streaming on NBC and you went to that to watch it. So let me pull up the most recent ratings for WWE NXT here. And so we'll talk a little bit about that. NXT right. hasn't really been good since the black and gold. Really. It hasn't been, and I feel like in a lot of ways, when they went away from the black and gold and they went to that vomit rainbow color, they put a lot of people off. And I think that's what really kind of, it, it turned a lot of people off, to be honest with you. And then they started to say, okay, we're going to change things. But unfortunately, it didn't really change things for the better. Um, let's take a look at some of the ratings here. So to, let's just look at this. January 25th had 593,000 in a 0.14. February 1st has 619,000 in a 0.13. February 8th had 400,000 in a 0.07. Now, that is, that is the lowest it has been in... Uh, I'm going back a long ways. Let me see if they've ever been at 400,000 or less. Uh, so far, I'm in July of last year. No. 400,000. Was there something big on TV that night? Um, I don't know what else it was going up against, but it, it just, you know, it drops yet again. So it's a tough go for NXT. It, it, it really is because I feel like in some ways, you know, a lot of people are looking for that next big star to come out of NXT to eventually go up to the main roster. That's just simply not happening right now. Uh, you and I have talked about whether or not we think Braun Breaker should eventually go up to the main roster. When do you think that's going to happen? Do you think that'll happen after WrestleMania, like the Monday night after WrestleMania? I could see it. That that would make sense. You're not going to see it before WrestleMania. And I right. I think we can both agree on that. I agree 100%. It'll, it'll be in the, in the shakeup probably the Monday right after or within the next four to six weeks after. Because historically speaking, you have Mania, then you go through your cuts and whatnot, people getting released, and you go through your little bit of a reshuffle there. So I could see that, because that's usually when they start letting people go. And then once that all settles out, Brown Breaker comes in. Makes sense. It's logical. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Maybe that's why um, it's logical. It's not wrestling. It's actually logic to it. And I don't say that in a bad way. Right. You know? 
Well, he's got a good um, chance, though. He's getting wasted. I think they should have brought him up already. Probably. I think they should have brought him up already. And a lot of people say, well, you can't bring up somebody that fast. I don't necessarily think that's necessarily the way it goes. Um, I do think in a lot of ways, WWE is trying to be careful and they're trying to protect their future investments. And I think that one may be one reason as to why. Um, but no, I, I think he he should have been brought up already. But we'll see. The next best or the next time he's going to be brought up could be the Monday night after uh, WrestleMania. Speaking of NXT, did you hear about the story um, about Grayson Waller? He was suspended. Um, and this is on other media websites as well. WWE star Grayson Waller has been suspended by the company for his uh, role in disrespecting NXT boss Shawn Michaels. The wrestler who performs on WWE's developmental brand is embroiled in a storyline with his real-life boss, and he angrily confronted him in a conference following Saturday night's Vengeance Day. Shortly before the show, the Heartbreak Kid Shawn Michaels, who currently serves as a senior vice president of talent development and creative, revealed that Waller's steel cage match with the NXT Championship against Braun Breaker would be only won by pinfall or submission. But after he had lost, he burst into the post-show media scrum and angrily got in and confronted Shawn Michaels. Right now, uh, he had said, is this how I get to be your guy? He said in a very anger, anger way. So I'm wondering, obviously this is, is part of the storyline, but I'm also wondering if there could be a little tension here as well. How much do you put into this? Uh, other outlets are reporting that he's been suspended from WWE. Do you think it's this is just them taking a storyline and trying to sh to string it out as far as they can with maybe seeing if other news outlets will pick it up? Probably. Why wouldn't they? It's been done before, and it always works. Yeah, I mean, I can't, uh, I can't, I can't disagree. We're talking about it, aren't we? We are. There's no way it's just me and you. No. There are other people talking about it. I can't see why you wouldn't. It's usually if there's something like this happens and it's legit, there's more of a backlash to it. This is true. Right? This is this is gonna be a a NXT suspension, so which means he'll probably be off for a couple weeks or something like that. Maybe give him a little bit of a rest. Get to work it into the program a little bit more. That's probably why it is. I don't, it's a work. Speaking of things that are works, let's talk a little bit about your good friend and mine, MJF, Maxwell Jacob Friedman. E Wrestling News is talking about MJF confirms appearance in the upcoming movie that is about the Von Erics. Obviously, we had known that he had been away for quite a while when he had his standoff with. Tony Khan, we knew that whole thing was obviously a work. But current AEW world champion Maxwell Jacob Friedman was a recent guest on WTF with Mark Marin, where the controversial star discussed a wide range of topics. He also talked about his upcoming movie called The Iron Claw, which is going to be a big motion picture that is going to be about the legendary wrestling family, the Von Erichs. Now, MJF confirmed on the podcast that he'll be playing Lance Von Erich in the film. Now, Zach Efron will be cast as Carrie Von Erich, and there are more. Um, on his casting on the film, or being casted, he said, I just booked a role and just finished wrapping up the movie called The Iron Claw. It's about the Von Erichs. I played Lance, and he may or may not be held up 
as the great performer, but who's to say? You going to watch this movie? Yes. Hell yeah. I'll watch it for sure. You watching it because of MJF, or are you watching it because at the end of the day you think it's going to be a good movie? I'm watching it for Divine Eric's. Yeah. I'm watching it for, that's what I'll I'll watch for the story. Right. Just hopefully it's not too much Hollywood hoopla foo foo. Right. It, it's a it is a legit biography. Who's the is um who's the one Von Eric's left? Oh uh, god, you're you're getting me here. Um Anyway, is he is he involved in it or the binder? I don't know if he's no? involved in it at all. At all. Because uh, that's always the thing you you worry about when you're talking biographies. Like, is there's going to be some truth to it, but is it going to be like Hollywood nonsense? Like, right. I don't know. I prefer my biographies to be as factual as could be. Uh let's see. Um, Kevin was still alive. Von Eric family, yes. Kevin Von Eric. So have you ever seen on the WWE network? I believe they have it's called the Rise and Fall of World Class Championship Wrestling. Have you ever seen that? No. So good. So if you get a chance on the network, or not on the network, what am I? Well, yeah, you have the network. Yeah, network. Um they have the rise and fall of WCCW, World Class Championship Wrestling. I highly recommend. Take a look it yes. Yes. Enjoy it because I think it's a really, really good movie. It's a documentary. It's real. It's yeah. interviews with a bunch of people and they talk about, you know, what happened to WCCW and the Sportatorium and the Von Eric family and how they book things. So I think it's, 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 it's a really good watch. I haven't seen it in, gosh, I want to say four or five years, but I got it on DVD, which if that tells you anything, that happened a long time ago. But uh, you should definitely check it out. I think it's a very, very well done movie. And I think one that you should see before you see the movie itself. I will check it out for sure. Um, Let's talk about some more WWE. Did you hear that WWE is planning on doing a show at Wrigley Field? No, I had not heard that. that yeah. Um, it's coming out cool. today that E-Wrestling News is reporting that the Chicago Cubs have announced WWE night for one of their games this season. On Monday, August 28th, the fans in attendance will receive a special WWE-themed Clark Clark Hogan bobblehead, a Hulk Hogan takeoff of the Cubs mascot, Clark. Now, the announcement is as follows. What you going to do when Clarkomania runs wild on you? Monday, August 28th, they are stepping inside the ring with WWE to celebrate all things sports entertainment as the Chicago Cubs take on the Milwaukee Brewers at Wrigley Field. Don't miss any of the most electrifying rivalries in sports. To meet, WWE superstars will be on site to throw out the first pitch. Join us in a Gallagher way pregame of sorts to see the Cubs prepare in a SmackDown way as they get ready to take on the Milwaukee Brewers. Most importantly, we have a special WWE ticket offer, which includes tickets to the Cubs-Brewers game at Wrigley Field and a special Clark Hogan bobblehead going to come out and celebrate the WWE with the Cubs at Wrigley Field. To purchase your tickets of groups of 15 or more, call 773-404-4242. That's 773-404-4244. Or email 
Cubs Group's tickets at Cubs.com, and you will work directly with a Cubs representative. More information on the big WWE night that's going to be happening with the Chicago Cubs. Stay tuned to the Chicago Cubs and WWE for more information. That's quite the commercial you just read. I do my best. Good job. Thank you. I think that's Thank fantastic. You. you can't tell me you wouldn't want to go see an, an, uh, an event at Wrigley. Oh, I would love to. Now, I'm wondering if it's, awesome. I, I'm wondering if it's going to be a full-fledged show, show after the baseball game or it's just going to be WWE festivities. So I hopefully I didn't speak incorrectly. But I, either way, it's WWE at Wrigley Field. I'd go. I would too. I honestly I'd would love go. to see Wrigley Field. I think that'd be cool. Yes. You ever been? I have not been, and my wife's family's from Chicago, so I think, you know what, I should definitely go. You should. I should. There's a lot of things I should do. But, uh, yeah, definitely, I think it's going to be interesting. WWE, in a lot of ways, is, I feel like they're always trying to reinvent themselves and trying to do new things. And I think that's good. I think it's really good, and I think with Triple H at the helm, they're going to try to do more of it. However, um, Do you think, let me ask you this, we just got done talking about WWE being sold and whatnot. Do you think that Triple H would want to stay around if WWE was sold? Sure, why not? He's got enough money in the bank, though. So? Wouldn't you just want to ride off into the sunset? Not if you still had the passion for it. The heart for it, you're like, you're still invested? Nope. Would it bother you if you were the son-in-law of Vince McMahon and he wasn't willing to make a deal to turn the company over to you and your wife so they could run it? Would that bother you a little bit? Oh, yeah. That'd bother anybody. That's just human nature. You feel a little bit slighted about it. Yeah. I wonder what that is, though. Is But you don't, you also don't know, Freeland. Like maybe Stephanie just doesn't want to do it. I mean, you're right. There's, I, I guess I'm he looking at it. stepped away two times in the last year. Yeah. That generally doesn't happen. No, it doesn't. You're right. Right now, is it her heart is not in it? Maybe. Maybe not. Is there uh, backstage issues? Are there office issues? Maybe. Maybe not. We don't know. We can speculate all we want. We don't know. Or maybe she just said, this is all I know. This has been my life for how old Stephanie is. She's done very well for herself. She's set financially, one would assume. Try something new. Right? Or just, nope, you know what? I'm retiring. Done. That's it. We're going to live a good life. You know, Triple H is still going to keep doing whatever he does type thing. Stephanie's out. They got kids. No, Stephanie's going to be home looking after the kids and whatnot. Who knows? You don't know. Maybe Triple H, but I got two more years in me and then I'm going to retire. You don't know. But I don't. If I were Triple H and I was, and Stephanie, and I wanted, I was interested in taking it over, and the old man is selling it, oh yeah, that's that's going to chap my hind end for sure. Oh, absolutely. Especially considering Stephanie's been raised in the business. Triple H has been there, I don't know how long, quite a while now. And he's got a great mind for the business. Who knows? 
So here's something that's interesting. So Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Redbird Capital, along with his ex-wife, Danny Garcia, they teamed up to purchase the XFL for approximately $15 million uh, just hours before um, it was supposed to go into bankruptcy court and to be auctioned off. My question to you is this. With The Rock being as successful as he is, and obviously being worth a lot of money. Does that surprise you at all, but that The Rock hasn't tried to put together some investors to go ahead and buy WWE? Or do you think at this time, The Rock is is trying to distance himself from that chapter in his life and, and really embracing what he's doing now? Uh, no, The Rock's Hollywood now. He's, I mean, he'll, he'll always be The Rock. But in you know, 50 years' time, he'll still be The Rock. Yes. But that's not... That's not him anymore. That's not his life anymore. Now he's he's a Hollywood actor, a Hollywood superstar. Right? I think that is that is him now. He's always going to be associated with wrestling, but he's an actor. Right? And them not putting together a bid, that is interesting. I never thought of it. But once again, with him trying to distance himself from it, well, if you buy the company, you're right back in again. You are. You get sucked back in. Even if you're never on screen, you're still going to be associated with it. This is true. Right, one of the biggest stars ever turned into a Hollywood superstar by his part owner of WWE. No, you're joined at the hip at that point. Yeah, and it, 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 I guess at one point you really want to try to... You want to separate yourself because obviously you have a new identity and you want to, you've already been there, done that, like you said before, and there's no point in going back to the well again, um, especially with something that could be, be not be beneficial for your career. Speaking of Hollywood people, let's talk a little about Dave Batista. Dave Batista is starring in M. Night Shyamalan's most recent movie, Knock at the Cabin Door. Now, this is from Variety. Dave Batista is having one of the biggest years of his career. He's coming off being a part of the Duke Cody in Glass Onion, wrapping up his run as a hilarious brute Drax with the Destroyer in Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxies and reprising his role in the sci-fi epic Dune Part 2 later on this year. Now, he's currently starring in theaters in, like I said, M. Night Shyamalan's latest thriller, Knock at the cabin now knock at the cabin cast batista against his stereotype he plays a peaceful second grade teacher named leonard who wears glasses and nearly bursts out of his button-up shirt he also has visions of impending doom with the world now he's also accompanied by three other strangers he's interrupting a family's cabin vacation to give them a gut-wrenching ultimatum the family must kill one of their own to avert the apocalypse from happening on the world. Now at the movie's premiere, M. Night Shyamalan revealed it was Batista's brief role in Blade Runner 2049 that stuck with him, and that made him decide that he wanted to cast him at Knock at the Cabin. As the hulking presence of a man, Batista puts up a great fight against Ryan Gosling's Blade Runner before being killed in the film's opening. Let me ask you this question. We don't talk about this very often because we often talk about The Rock. We often talk about John Cena. Why do we not talk more about Dave Batista and the incredible movie career he has? Because I'll be honest with you, I'm a big fan of Dave Batista, and I think he's done a hell of a job 
in his roles. What do you think? Why don't we talk about him more? I don't know. I honestly don't have a good answer for that. Because he has had a great career. He's been in a ton of movies. Like his IMDB is... I can only imagine how long it is. It's as long as this pecker. And according to sources, close to Dave Meltzer, his pecker is very big. It is. Conrad Thompson talks about it all the time. Kind of creepy, though. It is a little creepy. But, no, I mean, he's had a great, great run. He's done better since he left wrestling than he did in wrestling. I would agree one million percent with that. Right? I mean, he's he's been in some real good movies. Right? And this one that you were just describing sounds kind of twisted. I don't know. That's weird. I'll watch it, but it sounds a bit out there. It is. Right? So is that out now or is it getting released soon? It is out right now in theaters. However, if you do have streaming, it's supposed to be coming out uh, for streaming later on. I want to believe. Let me see. It should be later on in February or it might be early March. um, I believe when you can actually start streaming it. So let me pull this up here. Uh, Let's see here. Let me get my info on Knock at the Cabin. You a big horror movie fan? No, not really. What would you say is your favorite genre? Action, war, nice, yeah, true crime stuff. I enjoy. All right, so let me see here if I can find out when it's going to be streaming because we have a lot. I have a lot of friends who prefer to do it now. Well, Knock at Your Cabin premiered in theaters on February 3rd. In the foreseeable future, movie theaters are the only place where you're going to be able to see this particular movie. However, uh, in 2021, the film's distributor, Universal Pictures, they ended up inking a contract with Peacock that allowed them to have some of their films available in the streaming service only four months after it hit theaters. Now, if all of these guidelines are being followed, it means that Knock at the Cabin, I do stand corrected, will be available on Peacock in May. This is yet to be confirmed, but it seems like that is what it is going to be projected as of right now. Yeah, I will see it. It'd be good to go see it in the theater, though. Movies are always better in the theater. Well, I'm so glad you brought that up because that brings me to yet another story, which I think is interesting. Um... I don't know if you heard this one about... Do you have AMC as one of your movies, places? No, what is that? Okay, so AMC is a is a big chain here in um, the United States when it comes to movies. So in 2022, the average ticket to a U.S. movie theater was $11.75. Um, now, at the AMC, uh, Lincoln Square 13 in New York City is one of the busiest ones in the entire country. Now, Magic Mike's Last Dance, which comes out on February the 10th, will cost moviegoers $17.99, and that's called a preferred seat, will cost you $19.99. There's going to be two extra dollar upcharge for picking where you sit. So now you're probably saying to yourself, well, why is that the case? Well, the Hollywood Reporter came out with a few days ago that AMC is changing the way they structure their movies and where you sit. Depending on where you want to sit is going to depend on how much money you pay for your ticket. 
seats that are super up close to the screen in the first five rows, it's going to be cheaper. But if you're looking to sit somewhere dead in the center or a little bit off center, you're going to be paying the highest prices and it may only go up the further you go back. AMC is hoping to go ahead and allow people to pay a little bit more, but to have a premium seat in the theater for their movie going experience. Now, this is not rare or unprecedented. Theater chains across the U.S. and Canada have lowered the cost of admission for new Hollywood releases. Now, a lot of these movies right now are not drawing as much as they did before. So let me ask you this question. What is it right now where you are in Canada for – I know matinee has a certain ticket price. Do they have that for you? If you go within a certain time, it's X amount. If you go during a prime time like date night or after 7 o'clock, it's more? Well, uh up here, Tuesday night is cheap night for some reason. And, yeah, like your afternoon shows, I think they're usually a bit cheaper. I'm Googling it here now. Well, the the reason takes why... care of all this. Oh, Linda takes care of this normally? Oh, yeah. I just get told, we're going to see a movie, and I say, yes, sir. <laughs> um. Well, let's, let's talk a little bit about the box office and how it has done. Now, the theater business has yet to recover from the COVID-19 pandemic. Now, last year, box office only hit $7.5 billion domestically, which is slightly up from 2021, but it's still 34% down from the pre-COVID, which was in 2019. Now, behind the scenes, there's a concern that AMC's Deciding as far as where you're sitting and the price will continue to frustrate moviegoers because more pricing is obviously going to dig deeper into wallets, especially with the way the U.S. economy is going right now. Now, beginning February 10th, AMC will implement the new uh, plan in 40 selected theaters in large cities like New York, Chicago, and Kansas City, and then it will be rolled out to others in other markets in the country. Other AMC cinemas in the smaller markets will still keep their price structure the same, but there will be some changing in the near future as well. You know, personally for me, I have not gone to a movie theater in a while. I don't really foresee me going back to a movie theater. The last time I was when I went to go see Top Gun, uh, the second one, the Maverick one. That was good. There was a great movie, and it really has to be something special to get me out. And the reason I say that is because when you go to a movie theater, I want to watch the movie. I don't want to hear the person sitting next to me giving me their commentary or pretending that they're in the movie as well and, and talking to the screen and the characters. I'm not into that. Do you get that same type of thing even at your theaters where people just can't shut the hell up and watch? Yes, that gets tired that and the phones oh my gosh yes go to the movie get your popcorn get your soda pop get your candy your napkins plunk your ass in your chair hey while they're while you're waiting talk away talk amongst yourself talk to yourself i don't care play on your phone makes no difference but when the lights dim amen Stay off your phone. Don't put your feet on a seat in front of you. Oh, that's a big one. That drives me a little postal. Don't do that. Just sit there. Can we say that anymore? Sorry. That (laughs) upsets me a bit. Is that better? But no. Would you at home? If you were sitting at home 
Yes. And there was a chair in front of you for some reason. Would you put your feet up on it? I no. wouldn't. No. So why would you do it there? I paid a lot of money for that furniture. I want to keep it nice. Right. So don't put your feet on stuff. But no, I'm with you there. So now that you you brought this up, if I may. Yes. So you're at a you're at an event. You're at Raw. Yes. Last night. Whatever. Is it cool to stand up during the matches? No. Perfect. That's that's not right. That's stupid. Because the poor soul behind you. Who paid a lot of money. Can't see a damn thing. You no. got this. So me and you, we're both fair-sized guys. Yes. So we're at the show, and we decide we're going to stand up. Right. Watching the show. The people behind us ain't seeing the damn thing. Nothing. It's like a, an eclipse. Well, let, let me say this. If I'm standing in front of somebody, and let's say I'm outside... I will so overshadow them, they will get no vitamin D from the sunlight because no. it will be pitch black wherever they're sitting. But this but this one thing that Earth and I see it I see it a lot on dynamite. And I keep thinking, okay, if I paid good money for these lower bowl seats and some knucklehead standing in front of me, I'm gonna be pissy about it. I agree. Look at first it's gonna be, hey man, I'm trying to watch a show. Can you can you sit down? Please. And then it's gonna be like, listen, bud. Sit down. And then I just sit the fuck down. I'm trying to watch a damn show. Uh-huh. I'm tired. I've been played to you twice. I have a bit of common sense. No, I just want to watch the show. That's the way I am, anyhow. I'm and just, with you. It just gets me, especially while watching it. Those people paid good money for those lower bowl seats. Amen. I looked into them when they were in Toronto. I looked into them in Philadelphia, when me and the rent were going to go, you're paying, which is fine. If you want to pay it, pay it. But, man, if I'm going and I can't see the show, I just want to sit there and have my beer and watch a show. Yeah, when somebody's coming in or there's a, you know, the match is over and somebody wins, yeah, y'all come out of your seats and hoot and holler and cheer. Perfect. During the match, I don't want to have stand up and watch it. No. I want to sit in my chair. I want to be comfortable. Yes. And if I've got to lean around like this to see the show because some knucklehead's standing in front of me, I just don't think that's cool. It's it's very inconsiderate. I agree. So, anyway, that's my rant for this week. No, but but it's it's reasonable. I think it's it's fine. I mean, um. I'm pulling this up here because we're talking about movie prices and whatnot. So it looks like you can spend, I guess, anywhere, maybe on the short end, about 12 to 15 bucks if you go during the day. And you're going to look at anywhere from about 15 to 20 bucks to go in the the prime time times to a movie. Mm -hmm. But I pulled this up and I find this to be interesting. And I want people to hit me up on Twitter if they feel like this is accurate to the prices in their neck of the woods. So listen to this, but. This is for AMC, their concession. Large popcorn, $8.89. So I want you to say fair or ridiculous after I say each one. You ready? Okay. Large popcorn, $8.89. That's fair. Uh, A regular popcorn, $7.89. That seems a bit much. Small popcorn, $6.89. Foolish, no, too much. A bucket of popcorn. $21.99. 
How big is a bucket of popcorn? A bucket. How big is that? I don't know. What's just those? Like a know. five-gallon bucket? No, not a five-gallon bucket. It's those buckets that you would. Um, you've seen the popcorn. Like the bucket. KFC buckets? Like a well, maybe not quite as deep as a KFC bucket. I'm not. It's no. popcorn. It's twenty one ninety nine. Ridiculous! I ain't paying twenty two bucks for that. All right. So if you want to get a bucket refill after you've eaten all that, it's four dollars and eighty nine cents to get a refill on the bucket. If you want gourmet popcorn that has two flavors in it, you're paying ten fifty nine. If you get gourmet popcorn that only has one flavor, you're paying eight fifty nine. What? Whatever happened to just butter? I don't know. People are bougie. A soft pretzel now is six ninety nine at AMC. If you get a giant pretzel, you're talking about fourteen ninety nine. That's weird. You want to get nachos at seven ninety nine. Mozzarella sticks is six eighty nine. Mozzarella sticks at the movie theater? Yes. Hmm. Curly fries will set you back five forty nine. What do you think about that? And you're not getting much. No, then it's a lot. Uh, Hillshire small plates, like the Hillshire smoked sausage, okay. uh, five ninety nine. Probably three little slices of sausage. Summer sausage stuff. Summer sausage, right? Nope. Too much. Uh, no- a novelty ice cream bar is four dollars and nineteen cents. What's a novelty ice cream bar? Just the the red, white, and blue, whatever the hell that thing is. Uh, oh, the rockets. Yeah, a fudge pop, whatever the hell you want to. Talk- I mean, we're not talking anything fancy here. That's outrageous. Uh, chicken tenders, seven ninety nine. I don't even know how many you get. It just says chicken tenders. Um, you get a kids pack. Which is a popcorn, fruit, and a drink for seven nineteen. That's not terrible. You can get a piece of flatbread pizza for eight eighty nine. It's probably a bit rich because it's as big as your hand. Uh, a loaded all beef hot dog is five ninety nine. That's not terrible. Uh chicken and waffle sandwich, twelve ninety nine. Sounds delicious. It does. Uh, a larger order of chicken tenders, twelve ninety nine. What's a large order? Is that like six chicken tenders and fries? I don't think you're getting it fries. I think it's just the tenders. Oh my, that's yeah. a bit rich. No, too much. Loaded all beef hot dog, twelve ninety nine. What's the difference in that one and the last one? Uh, loaded all beef hot dog, <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. Well. This is going to be that much of a difference. I better get more to it. Well, I guess one is under the category of a snack and one's under the category of a meal. I don't know. Who knows? Uh, cheeseburger sliders, which are also like crystal burgers or White Castles, twelve ninety nine. For how many? Um, doesn't say. Once again, doesn't say. I can't imagine them giving you more than two or three. That's outrageously expensive. It is. Uh, but now we're getting into the real one. If you want a large popcorn and a large drink, that's all you want to get. Not a bad fifteen ninety nine. If you want to get gourmet popcorn and a large drink, sixteen ninety nine. If you'd like to get a slice of flatbread pizza and a large drink, fourteen ninety nine. I have no idea what this is, but I'll read it to you. A Bavarian legend large drink. I have no idea. Is it like a collector cup thing? Twenty one ninety nine for a drink. Bavarian legend and a large drink. What is a Bavarian legend? Google that for me, bud. 
movie theater Bavarian legend. E-A-V-A-R-I-A-N. And large drink. Bavarian. Where, where am I? Bavarian legend, AMC. Oh, it's a, it's a bit of homeless shit. <laughs> Does it look like it's worth it? It's like a giant pretzel. Like, giant. Okay. It's like the size of a medium pizza. Jesus. It's big. Okay, that and a large drink will set you back twenty one ninety nine before tax. Um, movie nachos in large drink, fourteen twenty nine, and then finally chicken and waffle sandwich and a large drink, nineteen twenty nine. But now here, here's what really gets me. Here's what really gets me. You ready? Let's hear it. If you want to get a bottle of, well, okay. Here's a large bottle of water. Large bottle of water. $5.29. If you want to get a regular size bottle of water, $4.39. We're talking a 20 ounce. I don't even, is bottle of water 20 ounce or maybe even less? Oh, no, we don't do ounces. Oh, that's right. What do you guys Milliliters. Oh, God. 20 ounces. What's that? Milliliters. Yeah, it'll be about 20 ounces. Okay. So a large bottle of water would be like a liter. Right. So, what's up? Let me ask you this. Do you sneak food into the theater in your wife's purse? No. Shut up. Oh, we completely do. Oh, absolutely I do. Absolutely. Why the hell not? I'm not spending all this money. You got to support local businesses. Yeah, my ass. Okay. Yeah, I do. The dollar store. That's right. Stop grabbing snacks. Bring them in. Get your snacks. Go see the new Dave Batista movie, Knock at the Cabin. I think it's going to be freaking amazing. Right now, let me ask you this. If you were to say, if you were to rank these people, The Rock, John Cena, Batista, clearly would we agree Rock would be one? Yes. I say Batista's too. Yep. Do you foresee John Cena being the type of guy that The Rock is? No. Uh, no. He doesn't have the charisma. He doesn't have the charisma. He does a lot of these really dorky, not dorky, I mean, that might be the best word to say, but a lot of these real kind of goofy movies, you know? Did but, you see um, um, Peacemaker, Peacekeeper, whatever it was called? I have not. It's good. You should watch it. Is it a superhero movie? Yeah, it's a it's a um, a show. It's not a movie. It's a show. It's, I don't know how many episodes there is. It's damn good though. Oh, you'd like okay. it. So it's a mini series. No, I think they're gonna have another season. Yeah, it's gonna be like a TV show. Oh, so it's a full fledged show. Okay. Yes. Nice. It's pretty good. I enjoyed it. Um, let's kind of turn our attention to somebody who has been away from the wrestling world for quite a while. What do you think about Adam Cole, baby? Are you excited about Adam Cole coming back after his concussion, uh, his two concussions that he received back to back and him coming back to AEW? What's your thoughts on that? Are you a big Adam Cole guy? Oh, so he's, he's damn good. Great talent. He'll help. He's definitely going to help. He always puts off a good show. Right. So I, I can't see how he wouldn't. Now, where's he going to work into the mix? That's a different story. Well, that'll to be determined. 
it's it's to be determined. I would I would see him going, like I said before, for the All Atlantic. First of all, nothing against Orange Cassidy, but he has not done anything with that championship. He has not done anything with that title that me- makes it worth anything. Why did they give it to Orange Cassidy? Why did they take it off of Pac? What did Pac do? I, well, that's what I'm wondering. I mean, he Pac did nothing. Was, he was having great matches. Pac was having great matches, and he was yeah. also defending it in other promotions. He at least was yeah. giving it TV time. He was giving it relevancy. Orange Cassidy, I, okay. I'm gonna say this. I like Orange Cassidy. However, what I don't understand is he's just a notch above Danhausen. Mm-hmm. Gonna say it. I still don't understand the Danhausen gimmick. I don't get it either. I will figure it out. Nobody's gonna explain it to me. I don't know. I have watched his YouTube channel and the whole transformation and who is Danhausen and. How did all of this happen? You can find all that on YouTube. And I've watched it. I get it. I've watched the interviews. I've watched the character. I've watched. There's like a little mini documentary on the on the evolution of Dan Housen. I still don't understand it. And I don't understand how a man is probably getting paid very well. Very well for doing so little. And I get it. His, his merchandise might be really good. But like. Is that a guy you're ever going to see as an AEW world champion? I hope not. No. Not a chance. I just can't get behind him. No, but to compare Orange Cassidy to Pac, Pac, whatever he is, it's it's completely different. I would agree. Two of them, you know, Orange Cassidy's matches, and he's he's got some damn good matches, but he he has the no the kick kick to the shins thing, which is. Kind of awkward, but you no know, stuff he does with his hands, his pockets running around, diving and whatnot. It's pretty damn impressive. He's a is. great athlete to do it. So, but his matches are not going to be generally. They're not going to be your banging matches. They're they're a little bit hokey. Yes. So that makes it a little bit harder to get behind. As far as I'm concerned. Do you think he should be a champion right now? Nah, probably not. Just it's not that he's not good. It's just because of his character. Yeah, it's just because you can't you can't get behind it. You can't take it as something serious. Right. And generally, when you're talking champions and titles, it's it's serious. I agree. So. Um. Yeah. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting. So, if you're listening to this, uh, I hope you enjoyed watching NXT. Uh, I'm not really sure I'm going to have to. I'm DVRing it, so I'm going to have to watch NXT and find out what happened there. Um, man, it sucks you don't get Raw for three weeks before Stupid. you officially get to see it. So, what's even the point of watching Raw? You should probably just watch the watch the pay per view. Yeah. I mean, you get the pay per view live on the network, right? Yep. Then just watch that. Piss on, piss on the TV. What's the stupidest thing in the world? You pay good money for the WWE Network, and it can't get Raw Live. Like, what the hell's the point? Well, okay, so what do you, not to be nosy, what do you pay for your network? Well, it was 15 or 20 bucks a month. Oh, shit. I thought it was nine ninety nine. No, more than that. I don't know, it's lumped in with our internet and our cell phones. and. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. 
Interesting. Yeah, but it's not cheap. It's really no, definitely really, not. I, I don't know. I only keep it for the pay-per-views, honestly. And every once in a while when I get a bit of free time, I'll look up like an old pay-per-view or something. That's really it. And just sit down and watch it. Yep. I'm with you. I'm with you, with you, with you. You know what? I think that we are just about done here. Butster, I've enjoyed this tremendously. Thank you so much again. Uh, but before we go, we have some huge news that we want to share with our audience. Butster, the floor is yours. Tell everybody about the big news that's happening right now with your woodworking company. Oh, so yeah, everybody knows I have a small wooden toy making company. It's not small. Well, it's eight inches. But there's a store about an hour north of here in a, in a very touristy town. They reached out to me online and they're interested in carrying some of my toys. So I went up Saturday past and talked it over and we swung a bit of a deal and I'm just waiting on, on my contract and hopefully as of March 1st, they'll be carrying my toys in their, in their store and we'll see where it goes from there. Hopefully Dude. make a buck. Dude, that's huge. I think you're going to make more than just a buck. And I, so. I want to say this not only just because we're we're on the air and we work together, but I am tremendously proud of you. That is a huge accomplishment. Very few people in this world can start a company and make it profitable. And now, obviously, getting into stores, into box stores. So many kudos to you. It, it'll start off with toys, but I guarantee it'll go into carving boards. It'll go into all these other things. You're going to be the male Martha Stewart. And... <laughs> I'm telling you right now, jail. you're not minus the jail part. Okay. You're, you're going to be wildly successful. And I could not be more proud to, uh, to have known you before the big breakout happens, because I think you're going to succeed beyond your wildest expectations. I hope so. I'm, I'm pretty pumped. Certainly. And I'm just a one man show with a little shop in my basement. I don't have you no know, fancy top of the line tools or yes, big fancy does. wood shop or nothing. He's got a it's, warehouse. No, I wish I had a warehouse. Wouldn't that be nice? The man's worth millions of dollars. <laughs> yeah, okay, bud. Okay. I'm just telling you right now, the man makes quality product. He's not doing this out of his basement. He's trying to he's trying to kayfabe everybody, okay? Okay, yep. What's by the way, what's the name of the company? C B seventy nine wooden toy maker. C B Facebook. He hit him up on Facebook there. He's got a page with all of his products. Um, where can people hit you up on social media if they'd like to get a hold of you? Maybe reach out to you about toys or maybe contracting you out to make something. They can get me on Twitter at gotnoof2291 at G-O-T-N-E-W-F 2291. And once again, get me on Facebook, CB79 Wooden Toymaker. That's perfect. The name is Christopher Butt. Please put it to memory. The man does an amazing job. Hit him up on all forms of social media, check out his Facebook page, hit him up with a message and definitely contact him. Once again, get in on the ground floor because right now this is just the beginning. Things are going to be going to the top, to the very, very top. So, I hope you're right, Mike. Thank you very much for that. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm right. I'm always right. You saw my wife. <laughs> you know what? I would never argue with a woman. No way, shape or form. So, Butster, it has been fun. It is yet again an enjoyable evening spent uh, just conversating with you, talking about life, wrestling, movies, all this kind of stuff. 
And if you enjoy this podcast, remember you can find this podcast anywhere fine podcasts are made available to you. Stitcher, iTunes, FM Player, you name it, we are out there. It's absolutely free of charge. If you love Bart Wrestling Podcasts, let somebody you know. Maybe it's somebody at your office. Maybe it's somebody on your softball team. Maybe it's somebody in your bowling league. Or maybe it's just a coworker that you're talking to at the water cooler. Say, hey, you know what? This might be something you want to listen to. Whether you're on a train, whether you're on an airplane, or whether you're just in the commode dropping a deuce, go ahead and put your earbuds in and listen to us, and hopefully we can help smooth that day out for you. With that being said, for my executive producer, The Rit, for my wonderful broadcast colleague and my brother from another mother, he is the butt. I am Mike Freeland. It's been fun. It's been real. It's been real fun. We will catch you on the next episode of the Front Mo Material Brand. We'll catch you next time. My name is Mike Freeland, and if you're looking for an exciting wrestling podcast to add to your library, then look no further than the Front Row Material Brand. Don't miss it. It's the Front Row Material Brand brought to you by the MLW Radio Network.